Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Hello and welcome to the HP Podcast, your weekly show about video games. I'm Ben, and with me here today is Dave, the gotta run Landon sonic so fast guy hello yeah valentine's uh <laughs> dinner plans tonight man oh, gotta, nice. valentine's but, yay Who you yeah i with? mean uh any guesses uh the mom. wife yeah there you go you got it brandon first Anywhere try nice? i knew nice? you were sharp um yeah we're going to a a nice restaurant downtown hamilton uh nice. hamilton's an interesting city but it is like excellent for food yeah. Um, so yeah, we're gonna have a nice night, but you can't have Valentine's Day without the Handsome Phantom podcast. So that's right. That's yeah. right. We gotta squeeze this in. No loop. Just just for the in. record, we offered to move the show for Dave. Uh, like Dave, Dave said he might need to do it Wednesday, and we said that's fine. He goes, Nah, I'd rather just rush Valentine's Day and do it on Tuesday. So <laughs> that 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 is paraphrased at best. Oh, okay, that's fine. Why are you shitting on Dave? Also, <laughs> just for fun. Set the, no, no, hold up, hold up, Dave. What do we what do we eat? What are we eating today? Oh yeah, that's a good question. Um, I, they have a really good looking <laughs> chicken schnitzel that I oh, might I might go after. Goodness. Um, but I'm I'm still undecided. I will let you know. I will okay. let you know. All right. There might be pictures. I might be that guy. Oh, but. please be that guy yeah. for me. For me. <laughs> People listen to the show and be like, "What were, what were, what was he eating?" Well, I, oh, I want you to talk about Tuesday in the Discord to look. I want you to talk about what you ate on the weekend because this is oh my god, this, I was gonna this say, is Brandon, oh my god. I thought maybe Brandon, uh, our other our other host here, might have I don't know anything at all you want to talk about. Yeah. You don't have to, but Brandon recently engaged Duncan. Yes, um, I got engaged over the weekend, which Hell is really yeah. fun. It was a long time coming. Um, the day turned out perfectly. What's his name? um ben smith okay uh, <laughs> you know this silly um no so we had a wonderful evening uh very picturesque everything fell into place just fine um and afterwards we went to this uh restaurant that had meat and potatoes is literally its name um kind of like more of an upscale kind of place that doesn't feel upscale but the prices are and everything's really nice and you got delicious. to when you get engaged right? yeah 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 sure um and uh, i had a 50 well i shared i'm not going to claim to eat all 50 ounces but i had a 50 ounce tomahawk steak for dinner um now just briefly on that tomahawk steak earlier when you were telling dave about it you claim that was the best part of the evening on the evening (laughs) hey listen listen, i backpedaled the second (laughs) food 
food's up there, man. I got to say, sometimes when I'm eating, I, I feel like it's a border. I, I don't get erect, yeah. but I feel like it's sometimes a sexual experience. Wait, you don't uh, like, ever? ever? <laughs> well, not when I'm eating. Usually okay. I'm not that kind of guy. Right. Um, sure. But as you see, I asked Dave, I'm very interested. I even like hearing about what other people eat because I just love to eat food. Yeah. And I love I just love it. Um, and so I had the 50 ounce steak, which was fantastic. It came with like a, a wine reduction to pour over top. And it came with a, a creamy horseradish sauce that was absolutely divine. Um, and not only did I eat all 25 ounces, but then I had uh, Wagyu carpaccio beforehand. Oh, my Lord. I had never had a carpaccio before. <laughs> carpaccio. Um, so akin to a tartare, I had some raw Wagyu as well. Um, and, uh, man, it was just, it was divine. Uh, we spent a lot of money, but they gave us three free desserts. Oh yeah. That's so, yeah. you know, I mean, with the amount of money we spent, it's well due. Now, th- this is interesting to me because your engagement dinner was with five people. Right. And that's, is that unusual? Dave, did you, did you have five people at your engagement dinner? L- like the day we got engaged? Yeah. Uh, no, it was just my, my wife. Uh, myself and her dad. Okay. I suppose it could have easily been five people sure. though, because her, her mom was away, but yeah. It, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just yeah. funny when you're like, yeah, our engagement dinner, we had, there were five of us. No, no, it worked out really well actually because her sister and um, her, fian- her, her fiance, no, I'm getting confused. Uh, they were there because they were helping us take pictures and they helped kind of uh, set the ruse that I had put forth um, to kind of surprise Lauren. Um, and then her friend, her best friend that lives in Delaware now actually joined us as well, which was a super huge thing for her. Um, hasn't got to see her much since you moved. Yeah, so that's awesome. kind of made it, made it a whole event and it was fantastic just to be in the city. Um, and, uh, yeah, just definitely just so memorable. Yeah. Um, and that's what was really important. So, well, I'm happy for you, buddy. I've, uh, I don't know. You've been, you dated for like five years. Yeah. Almost. And yep. I think for four and a half of those, I was telling you, you should propose. Yeah. So I'm happy that you found Yeah. Yeah. Right. No. And I've been thinking about it for a while. And then yeah. next thing you know, it's like three years later. And yeah. And then like, everything, you know, life happens, COVID yeah. happens, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so so. Yeah, that's a whole thing. I get it. Totally. I'm just busting your balls. Well, but, we're happy for you. And, um, uh, uh, don't like I was thinking a couple years ago, I was like, I think all my friends who I might have to like dress up to go to their wedding, like everybody's married. And Brandon looks at me and goes, one more Think baby again, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. you're not in the clear yet buddy yeah i know that sucks but. well this is a show about video games and in order to fund our video game addictions actually it's not true none of us have take home any of the money from the show but we have a patreon you can go and support help brandon pay for his wedding which we won't also give the money to brandon for his wedding but you can think of it that way actually every penny you give the company to pay for like all the other stuff means brandon doesn't have to dish it out of his pocket wow. so you really are paying for brandon's wedding and Dave's um, meal tonight as well. You're really selling it. I wish any of this was true or we even made an amount of money that would uh, reasonably contribute to a wedding. We make we make some money. I mean, it would contribute. Sure. Anyway. Dude, weddings we, are fucking expensive. It, it, covers, it covers the hosting fees, so we don't have to. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Yeah. That's what Ben meant to say. I like being... Uh, irreverent about the money thing because it's like we're just paying for us to do the show so that we can keep having fun together and hang out. But Amen. the uh, 
Patreon.com slash Handsome Phantom. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You don't have to do it forever either. If you want to hop on for six months and then hop off, that's totally fine. Or or one month, whatever. You can do it for as little as a dollar a month. You can get ad-free early access to the show. And also, don't forget, we have a Discord you can join. You don't have to be a patron, but you can be a patron if you like. But if you want to just come in there, hang out, talk about video games, talk about industry drama, talk about your mom. I don't care. Whatever you want to talk about, within reason, you have a place to do it. Should we talk about some video games now, since this is supposed to be a video game show? Absolutely. You sounded like you were going to say something else there. Yeah, I was thinking about it. Okay. Sometimes you just got to stop. I learned that I learned that maybe a little bit too late in life. Yeah. Um, and I still haven't mastered it. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just got to stop and mm-hmm. just think for just a second. Um, that was what happened there? Yeah. Okay, good to know. Yeah. Eurogamer reports that Assassin's Creed Origins director has left Ubisoft after 17 years at the no. company. Brandon is so devastated. <laughs> Ubisoft veteran, and I don't, this is a French name, I think, so I don't know how to pronounce it, but Jean Guston has left Ubisoft Montreal after almost two decades. His credits include working as creative director on Assassin's Creed 4, Black Flag, as well as Origins. And of course, this is just the latest in a string of other departures from Ubisoft. He announced his departure on LinkedIn. Since finishing work on Assassin's Creed Origin, this this article from Eurogamer, a respected site, instead of saying Assassin's Creed Origins, literally says, and I just caught it, Assassin's Creed Oranges. No. <laughs> it does. Since finishing work on Assassin's Creed Oranges in 2018, his profile states he was working on an undisclosed project at Ubisoft for PC, PlayStation 5, and Xbox Series X and S. The project is a collaborative voxel-based game with shades of Minecraft, sources told Kotaku, and is believed to still be in the pipeline internally, even though they canceled a bunch of other games. It's crazy. So I really, I don't know that this really matters. I mean, like, okay, good. He made some well-respected games. A lot of people say Black Flag is one of their favorites. A lot of people loved Origin, especially since it was a big departure from the previous series. I don't love Origins, but that's beside the point. My bigger thing I want to talk about is what could they be making that fits that description of a game that is a collaborative voxel game based with shades base game with shades of Minecraft. Dave, I'll throw it to you since you're the Ubisoft expert in the room. What could they, what could they possibly be making? Man? Uh, I don't know. I, I have so little experience with Minecraft. Um, I mean, I know the gist of it obviously, but um, it's, I, I wonder if they're going to kind of bridge into that younger audience that that Minecraft kind of gobbled up. I mean, let's be honest. Everybody loved Minecraft. Um, all the money it made wasn't just from kids. But, um, you know, I don't know that Ubisoft really has too much in that younger market. Um, and, you know, they've probably recognized with things like Minecraft that there's a lot of money to be made. So um, from a gameplay perspective, I, I don't really know that I can say much about it. But, um if, if it's Minecraft-inspired, I have to assume that it's going to maybe uh, kind of tailor itself to a younger audience. Um, a wide audience, I'll say. Maybe not strictly young. Sure. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. And, and you know what? I'm surprised there haven't been more uh, sort of Minecraft clones. I know they're out there, but it's not... It didn't explode like, you know, the Souls liked it and, and you know, first-person shooters with Call of Duty and stuff like that. But, I mean... I wouldn't be surprised if that changes soon. So maybe this is the start of that. Brandon, uh, just to follow up, by the way, for everybody, this article was published four days ago. 
and it still says Assassin's Creed Oranges <laughs> in it. Eurogamer, like they're pretty oh, still highly trafficked. Man. Anyway, you're a Minecraft fan, yeah, absolutely. along with me, hundreds of hours. You know, we're Easily. we're way younger than Dave, so that makes sense that we would be really into Minecraft. <laughs> but anyway, I, unrelated, how much is each different kind of block you place in this new Ubisoft Minecraft? going to cost in microtransactions <laughs> like how much extra do you think they'll charge a doll hair or two doll hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know when you said this i wasn't quite sure what i thought this might be like and then it came to me i could imagine ubisoft doing something very similar to a game called portal knights oh yeah you guys remember this i don't remember i never played it but i remember seeing it yeah it was a playstation plus game for a while um and it was like Minecraft, but also not like Minecraft in a lot of ways. And I could see them coming up with something kind of fun like that. Um, I do think it is, however, mostly to tap the kid market. Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, the U.S. has breeded this like uh, money-making machine somehow in the back burner. I mean, that's that's why like the thumbnail craze is on YouTube. Right. You know, like adults don't look at like crazy blown up thumbnails and m- most of them. And aren't like super intrigued. Like it's very clear to understand what's driving a lot of money in certain areas of the internet. Children. Exactly. Um, And so I think this is a grab for that because traditionally um, I don't see many children, not to sell all kids short, um, but the Assassin's Creed games are more serious in a lot of ways and probably more difficult to understand mostly. Um, So, I mean, I'd be interested I'm always passingly interested in what Ubisoft does. They have a couple IPs that I really enjoy. Yeah. And I could be persuaded. I definitely could. It's definitely interesting coming from them being interested in a game like this, specifically Assassin's Creed. Right. Um, now, do I think it's a cash grab, them putting the Assassin's Creed name on a random fucking well, new game it, that it, could have been called anything? Just to be clear, it doesn't specifically say that. He had oh, worked okay. on Assassin's Creed okay, games, I and see. that's what it says he so, has been working on. So it could be something completely I mean, it could be, I suppose, yeah. yeah. Lego, Assassin's Creed, Minecraft, sure. Sure. And I mean, David mentioned that, like, clones haven't spawned, but they have kind of. I mean, the only notable uh, big one that I could think of that came to mind that still sticks around and has a massive fan base is games like Terraria. Mm, I yeah. mean, that kind of spawned from that. Um, so there's definitely room for growth in that area, I think. Um, there's been many clones, but not many have been good. I think that's like the distinguishing factor um, there. So sure, Ubisoft's uh, hat in the ring there. Why not? Yeah, why not? Well, who knows what they're working on or if it's still in development or not. That's just what his profile said. But either way, that's an interesting development that he took off, left from that project. Hopefully, I mean, like I said, those two games that his name is under... Uh, and I'm sure he worked, helped work on right. other games, but he was a lead in those. Hopefully, uh, whatever he goes on to do is cool because people really enjoyed those games specifically, I know. so. Yeah. Do you think that Ubisoft also found out on LinkedIn? Or I would not <laughs> doubt that. 17 years, you're just like... They're like, we have twenty, fa- <laughs> literally 20,000 employees. Yeah. How could we have possibly yeah. known? Oh, my goodness. You asked for it, and you got it. According to Dead Island... Twitter account, Dead Island 2 went gold and it's coming out a week early. See you in Hella on April 21st, 2023. This game was originally scheduled for the 28th. It's interesting because we've seen this happen with a couple games over the last couple of years where they bumped up release dates. It doesn't go well. And it doesn't usually go well. 
but this is a game that's been in development for i think somewhere in the neighborhood of 74 years yeah so i mean maybe that's totally ready but i was curious to get your guys' thoughts on this one like you know is it is it a good thing if a game launches early I guess is the question, but also like, what are some possible motivations? I have a few in mind, but Brandon, we'll start you off yeah. on this one. I've played Dead Island before, but like, honestly, for an hour and a half. Oh, really? Max. Yeah. I know it's a game that I feel like as time has went on, people think about more fondly. And certainly a yeah. lot of people that I know liked it at the time. Um, but I feel like the hype around this game has been very strange um the last trailer we got was very cinematic in a lot of ways but that doesn't really do much for people like me yeah um so the first the trailer for the first game was very cinematic as right well. yeah. right but and for that reason was one of the most legendary trailers that's true yeah. um to be honest with you it's you know it's remembered very highly um but i kind of got bad feelings about this i don't know about you guys um i guess you could look at it two ways is it a is it a show of confidence that they're pushing this up? I mean, most definitely you would assume, but as we mentioned when you started talking, I mean, it doesn't always pan out. It really doesn't. And what can be gained by a couple of weeks? Yeah. Like generally, what can be gained? Um, I mean, I think I, that I don't depends know. on who you ask. I, I don't know. You, my idea is that you set a date and like that's firm. Yeah. That's what people anticipate. And that's not to say that, you know, I don't know. It's not the biggest name. So right. why would you want to chance people? I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? I do like, see what you're saying, like yeah. stick to the date is where I'm at with a game like this. Yeah. And not to say that Dead Island is some indie or some fucking no name IP that nobody knows of, but right. it's been a, it's not been around for a long time. Right. And so I would feel like you would want to just stick to what you had and you won't gain that much from releasing early. Right. Unless there's something I'm missing that there's a game around that they really don't want to be around or something. I don't know, Dave. What do you think? Is there another game around? Um, Maybe. I mean, maybe there's something. I, I said this a couple of weeks ago with when um, Jedi Survivor was pushed, where I kind of thought maybe they know something about a big title that's coming and want to avoid it at all costs. So it could be that. Well, Dave, um, let me break in here and give you my thoughts. Jedi Survivor got pushed to Dead Island 2's original release date. So maybe maybe that's the answer right there then. But it, I, the simple answer is, uh, if if this didn't get moved, would we be talking about it? No. Um, no. Maybe they looked at, you know, the schedule, everything they had left to do, and said, we can actually do this a week early. And they put out a tweet and we're talking about it. So it's... Yeah. As from a marketing standpoint, it's not a bad angle. If you can do it, why not? Yeah. Um, if you can get away from another big hitter, Dead Island 2 is... Clearly, the publishers know that um, this game doesn't have the gravitas that the original did. Um, so anything you can do uh, will help. We'll probably see it on Twitch a lot around launch um, because, I mean, re they really need to get that attention on it. Um, so, yeah, this is probably a good move for them. Um I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how this is going to go. I, I just feel like that whole first person sort of semi comedic um, zombie genre came and went pretty quick. I mean, it's still there, but yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Well, that was uh, part of what I was thinking is that they, they announced this release date after, you know, years and years and years of delays and 
restarts and changing studios and everything else. And then from the time they released that, that they announced that release date until now, uh, multiple other games have been moved into that slot. Particularly, you have, like I said, Star Wars Jedi Survivor got pushed to the same release date, which is going to be a huge game. And then they also announced that Redfall was coming out on May 2nd, just a few days later. So I and again, I don't know if those games necessarily appeal to the same audience. But in light of what Brandon said of this is a game that hasn't been around for a while and maybe people are hyped for it. People have a lot of speculation. Like, why not give it all the room in the world it needs to breathe? I guess when you put it that way, it does make sense. Yeah. And if it was like coming out in two weeks and they bumped it up to one week, right? That would be probably harmful, yeah, because people wouldn't be expecting it yet. But with a couple months still, but so originally I thought it w- it was a vote of confidence, but like not wanting your game to stand with other good games is actually the opposite. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> you know what I mean, though. Yeah. Like it, it obviously, you know, I I don't want to say the the new uh jedi fallen order whatever the fuck it's called is not is going to be bad because chances are it's going to be very good just like the last one it's probably going to be kind of similar which is great it's going to be fantastic i can almost guarantee it it's going to be in the 80s at least but if you're scared of that like you want to be able to stand with that so i don't know i was thinking it was a vote of confidence to push it up but maybe it's not at all maybe it's the opposite we don't want our game to be around this other game because we're going to get overshadowed. That's that's what it says to me after talking about it. Yeah, and I mean, you have Redfall, which is going to be a huge game, even if it's bad, because first of all, it's Microsoft first party. Right. So like that alone is going to make right. it a huge game. It's going to be on Game Pass. So that's huge. Right. People are going to play it whether or not they actually want to, because it's free to play, essentially, you know, if you're if you're a Game Pass subscriber. And then I don't care how good or bad a game is. If it's got Star Wars in the title, it's going to be big. Right. Even if it ends up dying quickly, right. it's going to be a big game. So, yeah, I'd say that they wanted to move it out of the way, because if you're launching a game that doesn't have the Microsoft name behind it or the Star Wars IP, it doesn't matter how good it is. It's going to get overshadowed. Yeah. So that's my thought. I don't know. But I would like to see, like, we've seen a couple shadow drops this year. Now we've seen a game get bumped up in the release date, which that's happens, but not not often. Rarely. <laughs> so I'm curious what else this year has in store because, yeah, it's, there's been a couple of surprises and stuff like that. So it's been, it's been interesting so far. This is an interesting one to me. Game, GamesIndustry.biz says they don't say anything about oranges that I know of yet, but they said ex-Ubisoft devs lead Krafton's new AAA studio in Montreal. Uh, PUBG developer and publisher Krafton has opened its first Canadian studio, Games Industry Biz can reveal. With the unveiling of Krafton Montreal, the company will be led by the head of the studio, Patrick Meath. Meath I think Meath. Pictured above in the far, I don't know why I said that. Pictured above in the far left, just in case you guys want to go check them out. Uh, one of the many Ubisoft alumni on the team and is currently working on a video game adaptation of The Bird That Drinks Tears, a popular series of South Korean fantasy novels. Currently employing 12 staff, the team hopes to grow to 150 people within the next three years, adding another AAA studio to the already competitive Montreal development scene. They have a bunch of people on the team, and here's just some of the names. They've got someone who worked on Rainbow Six, Far Cry, and Watch Dogs. Uh, they've already got somebody who helped with helped launch PUBG, people who have worked on Gotham Knights, Assassin's Creed, Prince of Persia, uh, Far Cry, Rainbow Six, lots King Kong. Of, lots of Ubisoft in there. Lots of Ubisoft in there for sure. And I mean, we knew there were some departures there. Again, they have 20,000 people. So 
Meese says he was first in contact with Crafton eight months ago with the PUBG firm looking for a team that could build games around this IP. After a meeting with management in South Korea, he became the first member of the Crafton Montreal team. And uh, it's interesting to me because, one, Crafton is known for PUBG, obviously. Callisto Protocol was originally supposed to be a PUBG game. It's supposed to be in that universe. And I guess it technically is in that universe. It just doesn't have the tie-ins. And Callisto Protocol, I thought, was a decent game, but it didn't sell very well. It didn't make its money. And they've opened up this new studio in Montreal, where, of course, I'm sure that's a move for more talent because, you know, in South Korea, it's kind of there's only a limited pool of people in South Korea that you can get there uh, to work on your games. And obviously, Canada has a a very strong um, game development culture, I guess you could say. So I don't know, uh, Dave, how do you feel about crafting this publisher that has made billions of dollars, but really not put much else out, opening up a new studio? make a game about birds yeah i it's 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 a bit of a mishmash i mean it's really not surprising to hear about some of the talent they've pulled in i assume that that um montreal game dev community is is pretty tight and you know if you lose a job you're probably gonna find one pretty close by so that's not too surprising but to get a whole bunch of like ubisoft creative minds and technical minds in a room with like PUBG people um it's it's you're gonna get something interesting um this game actually has a trailer um oh, uh, came out last that. september and it's it looks like a really it looks like resident evil village meets uh hellblade okay like uh we're talking horror uh really good like probably unreal engine 5 graphics um so not what i would assume would come out of um, you know, a bunch of ex Ubisoft and PUBG people, but um, you know, sometimes you get kind of the coolest stuff when you have really awe inspiring um inspiration, and it's it it sounds like they have that with um the bird that drinks tears, which I'm I'm kind of intrigued by. I want to know a little bit more about this. But yeah, so I remember hearing about this series a little while back. Of course, I didn't really sink much time into it because it's um it's a little bit unapproachable for me since I don't uh, read or speak Korean. Uh, and I think it's, I think things like that are best consumed in their original language. And uh, that's unfortunate just because it, there's, I mean, it's fortunate for the people who can, but for many people, it's not. And I would say that goes every different direction. So anyway, but very short is it's kind of, a, it seems kind of dark. If I remember oh, correctly. Yeah, it looks, it looks real dark, but okay. I mean, I, I've, I, I'll, I'll repeat it. I say it all the time. New IP is always good. Yeah. And uh, we've had a pretty good track record over the last little while of video games inspired by novels. So, um, yeah, um, I'll, I'd keep an eye on this one. I don't yeah. know about you guys, but Brandon, cool. does a does a new game from the PUBG developers formed with mostly uh, Ubisoft, ex Ubisoft <laughs> people inspire you? <laughs> yes, actually, yeah. I think that. I agree with Dave wholeheartedly. I think that's the biggest takeaway here is a interesting, uh, well, let's say this, a story that is interesting and enough to potentially breathe life into a studio that's new, I think is super cool. Um, I love the idea of a dark story that is of Asian origin. Um, I tend to like a lot of the the things that are culturally different from the West here because I find them so interesting in different ways that I can't quite put into words. Um, so I'm definitely intrigued by all of this. Um, once again, Canada coming in um, with the hotbed 
um, for, as you said, the gaming culture, I'm always interested to see what comes out of the great white North there. Um, so yeah. nothing but good news. And honestly, it doesn't, it's weird to me that it's the PUBG guys, but you, you said it yourself, Ben, they got the money. So, you know, why not make something new? It could be PUBG too. So, yeah i'm just you know or whatever it probably isn't or whatever you know what i mean so this is good news and this is a win in my book um and i'm always interested in new stuff just like dave said so uh all those things combined i mean i think this is uh it's definitely very interesting i want to watch that trailer so i'll probably peep that after the show yeah for sure uh if you're an athlete you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is really... I know this is going to set Brandon off, so we're going to oh, go to dude. Dave first. I think I know though. what's coming. I think it's it's a little bit about Nintendo, maybe. Oh. Right. Right. And and I don't want this conversation to necessarily be about Nintendo. I want to be tame. I'm going to be tame. It's but like, it will be somewhat about Nintendo, obviously. I bitched enough. According to NintendoPal.com, The Legend of Zelda <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom reportedly listed for $70 on Nintendo eShop. Oh. And I can confirm. I've seen this a lot of places. It says the recent listing of Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom with a price point of $70 on Nintendo eShop has raised questions about the pricing strategy of the video game giant. This marks a departure from the traditional $60 price tag that has become the norm, et cetera, et cetera. Basically, the article goes on to say what we already know. Uh, Microsoft and Sony, after the PS5 and Xbox series came out, have upped their prices for first-party games especially, but also we've seen many other third-party games jump up to $70, and a lot of that is attributed to both the real-world costs, but also how much more work goes into creating these next-gen games because there is new hardware and new tech and everything like that. Is there for Nintendo? Uh, Well, we'll get to that. Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm sorry. Please, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. For reference, uh, games have been at about $60 since, I think, the PS2 GameCube era. Forever. Um, yeah, and, and so, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about that. But it's funny, though, because games in, like, on the N64 were anywhere from $40 to $110 if you look at old ads and stuff. So, like, they're crazy. <laughs> anyway, Dave, sound off. One, are you excited for Tears of the Kingdom? And two, what do you think about the price increase for, specifically, Nintendo? Yeah, I, I I am excited for Tears of the Kingdom, Tears of the Kingdom, whatever it is. Tears of the Kingdom, um, I have no problem paying uh, ninety dollars, so it'll be eighty nine ninety nine in Canada, and after tax, it'll be just over a hundred dollars. You make um, more money than America. That hurts. Right. So when when this whole price increase <laughs> happened, yeah. I was like ten dollars, no big deal. Mm-hmm. But what really stings every time is seeing that three digits every yeah. time I check out for a full price game. Um, but honestly. 
$90 Canadian for a game that I will spend hours and hours and hours and it will it will allow me to dust off my Switch is uh, I'm fine with that. Um, as for games in general, I mean, this subject has kind of been beaten to death. It's, or sorry, you said Nintendo games in general. I'm, you know, any first party new release game, it's, it's, it is what it is. There's, there's a picture that's been circulating, um, Reddit, and I'm sure it's been on Twitter and stuff this week of, a uh, of, I think it was like a Walmart or Zeller's flyer ad or something from the late nineties with a whole bunch of N64 games. And there was doom 64, the worst place to play doom um, for 69.99. And that's like over 20 years ago. So um, corrected for inflation games should have been a lot more expensive a long time ago. And it hasn't really happened. Um, And I suspect these things are getting a lot more tricky to make. They certainly cost a lot more money to market. So, um, yeah, paying more for something sucks, but it's it honestly, the, these things are the things we spend 40 hours and we easily drop $20 to go to the movies for an hour, two hours. But, um, you know, spending 40 to 100 hours in a game where we're, the, the dollar per hour is quite good when it comes to video games. So whether it be Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, um, I'm fine with it. It's it's i see the value according to us inflation calculator calculator.com which i full hardly believe is the right answer because i googled inflation calculator and it's the first one that popped up that's how i know a reputable source by the way <laughs> uh if in 2000 you know, the year 2000 i purchased an item for 60 dollars, then in 2023 the same item should cost for for inflation uh, 104 dollars and 24 cents just to put that into perspective so yeah. brandon yeah, go for it. So I don't really got too much to say, to be honest with you. Wow. Um, I think that Dave kind of said most of what I was thinking is that I think around when this seventy dollars price tag was coming up, it was a lot more jarring at first, just because it had been that for so long. Right. Um, and I think it's completely merited now. Um, now I won't just pick on Nintendo specifically because I've said this seventy dollars is fine. Um, I'm just hoping that. Um, with a $10 price increase, it's like any notable amount uh, better than the previous entry, which was listed at 60. Right. Um, so wait, you liked it though, right? No, I, I really liked it. Yeah. Okay. I just want it to be better. Right. Yeah, of course. Um, and you know, I mean like wholly better and my, the entire crux of my issue with Nintendo, um, has mostly been a performance problem. Yeah. Just through and through it in, in all facets visually, um, you know, technically, um, but, uh, no, this isn't surprising. I'm not surprised Nintendo get, got in on this. They probably had to. Yeah. Uh, especially with this game. I mean, it makes more sense than any other game. What other game is bigger? Mario Kart, maybe? Mm. And they're just adding a bunch of stuff to it. They're not really putting out another one. Right. So, um, not surprising. And uh, as you guys said with uh, that example there, we are genuinely lucky that games aren't more expensive than right. they are. So Yeah, I'm of two minds about this. On one hand, I totally think the price jump to $70 is merited and probably even not enough based on inflation and the fact that a lot, I don't know about the average person, but a lot of people are, the sticker price is $70 and they're paying more than that because they're either paying for DLC, they're paying for uh, some sort of online, you know, cosmetics or something, or they're getting it three days early 
so they're paying more than than sticker price anyway so like i totally think the 70 dollars is is reasonable especially when you consider inflation i guess my only issue really and this is just because i want to be contrarian is to pick on nintendo and say that look we think you should be able to charge 70 dollars for your games but at least at least sony and Microsoft put out new consoles with more power to justify their price increase. Because, listen, they raised the prices to $70 way after they actually needed to. Right. They've needed to raise prices for years. And honestly, they raised prices and then inflation went crazy. And now they probably need to raise prices more, at least the same amount, if not more than they already have. So at least, though, they've got new hardware for us to play these games on. And then sorry, Nintendo your game didn't perform very well on the switch and it was made by the people who made the device at the time the device came out. Uh, the original, it's been years. Yeah. I mean, when did it come out? 2017, the same shit. We're looking at six years ago and the game didn't, wasn't like a, um, you know, graphical (laughs) or performance masterpiece. Then certainly Dave has had the best experience of all of us in getting triple a games to not work on the switch. Uh, AAA non-Nintendo games. And then we start seeing other issues that, like with the new Pokemon game, not all of those issues by any stretch of the imagination are related to hardware, but I have a feeling some of them are. Yeah. And so I'm just curious, like, okay, Nintendo, I'm fine if you want to charge more money for your games because I know I'm going to play it for 100 plus hours. Right. And I know that it's going to be fun and it's going to be quality because it's Nintendo. But like, give me a new piece of plastic with a screen to buy that has more power in it and then I will pay you $100 yeah. for your games if they run even better than they yeah. do now. So that's really my only bitch. I'm totally fine with paying more for games, especially ones that I... If I don't want to buy, pay that much for a game, I just don't do it. Right. But like, this is going to be a game that I play for months. Right. If not longer. And this is what I was going to get into. And I'll just very briefly dip into it. And I decided not to. <laughs> but... We got you, time. When you look at a game like God of War Ragnarok and it's a $70 price tag, and then you put beside that Tears of the Kingdom, yeah. right? And you just visually, you boot them up and you look at them, right? Now, one could say that you would have just as much fun and enjoyment. And even if that is true, even if I'm going to play Tears of the Kingdom for 100 hours, maybe more than God of War Ragnarok, sure. who knows? Right. That isn't the point. When you're looking at the product, even if we should be being charged more, something in my brain cannot be happy with looking at a Nintendo game and paying $70, even if it's merited, knowing the value I can receive from, in quotes, equal companies. Right. So that's my biggest complaint. And it's always been that. But that's why I always bitch. Right. Is because I agree with what you're saying, Ben, and I'm not going to get too into it because I'll just go on off on another tangent. <laughs> but when I'm paying $70 and Ragnarok looks like a fucking masterpiece painting on my fucking screen with the colors exploding. And then I have Tears of the Kingdom. Even if I have equal enjoyment, even if I play the same amount of time, something in my brain does not like that this is the way it is. I don't know how to describe it. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm dumb. But it just doesn't make sense to me that they're so complicit in, you know, I just genuinely think Nintendo can be better than they are. And that's what I say every single time, but they don't need to be. How many times am I going to say it? They don't need to be, so they're not. Right. That's it. Yeah. So. Anyway, I'm happy to pay more for it. Fortunately, I actually 
I knew that there was the possibility of it being of it going up because there had been some leaks. And so I actually did something I don't normally do and pre-ordered it. Nice. I know I'm going to play the new Zelda game. Right, right. So there's no point not to pre-order it. Right. So and Nintendo games never go down in price. I think Super Mario Galaxy or not Galaxy. Holy crap. Um, the new Super Mario game. What's it called? Odyssey. Odyssey. I saw today on sale for $45 and somebody like quote tweeted it and said, this is the cheapest this game has been since it released five years ago. And it's still only $45. So like their games don't, I'm going to play it. But when I did order it, I made sure to get it for, um, for the $60 price. And I think they're, they're honoring that. But the only problem is uh, I checked out and my old address was saved. Oh, no. So I don't know if I can update it or not. Cause I yeah. tried and they were like, we can't do this. You have to contact us. You know, whatever. So we'll see. Okay, last thing. We talked a little bit about... I think we talked about the new firmware. Uh, yeah, we did. Um, yeah, last For PlayStation. Week, yep. Yep, yep. And I just wanted to shout out Poot in the Discord. Uh, said that... Let's see. I got the PS5 software beta, and I tried out Discord. You still need to go through your phone, which we had speculated that you wouldn't, I think, and select the voice chat to transfer to PS5. Uh, he said, also, maybe just an issue that I didn't get the usual chime when someone enters or leaves the voice chat. And... Of course, it's a beta, so maybe there are issues. Maybe he had a setting wrong. I'm not sure. Um, Good to know. Someone else. Yeah, con- yeah and that, I just wanted to update on that because we talked a lot about it. Somebody else updated and said that, uh, same crazy man said, Xbox was a little clunky until it left the beta. Now my profiles are linked, so I can select a Discord channel from the home button menu and see all the individual voice channels and it, and join right from there bonus it shows who's talking on the screen now which is a really nice feature for pc if you're playing with more than one or two people and you want to know who's talking or something you know oftentimes you know their voice but it's really easy to see or like if somebody pops in the room you don't have to switch over to discord or whatever so hopefully they make those changes as well for the playstation version uh i'm excited even though i don't play multiplayer games on playstation very often i'm excited to have it uh fully released did did either of you i think we talked about this last week did either of you end up getting into the beta or joining the beta no. no, no, no interest. I'll I'll just wait for it yeah. to go. I don't I even know. Scared if I... after what Brandon said. Yeah, it's been years, but I've had the phobia since. I remember Dustin way back doing some of the PS4 ones, and they yeah. were kind of janky at the time. So I've gotten invites for them before, and I've always I've never felt an interest to do them. It's probably like... better now, but yeah, maybe who knows? Maybe, but with a beta, I mean anything can. Right, exactly. Happen, so. It's a fucking beta. Yeah. All right, boys, let's talk about what we've been playing. Dave, you're up first. Cool. Um, I've been playing two old games and one new game, uh, but I do want to talk about the old games because I have some interesting things to say about them. Uh, Gran Turismo 7, um, I've always been terrified of the sport mode oh. in both GT Sport and Gran Turismo 7, uh, simply because I've had this idea that like people who race online are really, really good and they all have wheels and they're all sitting at home in racing seats and if i hit them they'll get really really angry even though it was probably an accident so like i've never even opened the sport menu but uh this past week i discovered something that all right there's like a crazy loud car going by outside oh okay perfect timing yeah it really is (laughs) i discovered within the sport mode a feature that i did not know existed but it's right up my alley which is online time trials so Awesome. They So you, every week they have a new track with a new car and you have seven days to get your best time possible. If you get within uh, a certain percentage of the world best time, which is set by one of the uh, Gran Turismo pro circuit players, 
um, you get either a bronze, silver, or gold medal, and you get either 1 million credits, um, or sorry, 2 million credits, or 1 million credits, or 200,000 credits. So real, I, I love time trialing, um, but it just kind of got boring doing it when I was just looking at my own time. So this was a really, really cool way for me to engage with the game. So I'm, I'm happy I found this. And uh, you can play on lot, you can play online time trials without a PlayStation Plus subscription because oh, you're not actually... Oh. Nice. on screen with other people so it just reports the data back and forth you got it yeah cool. okay nice. uh second i put a few more hours into hi-fi rush um this is probably going to be an early contender for game of the year for me um i really really like this game it's just so much fun to look at let alone fun to play and the more i played it the more i've realized how surprisingly deep it is mm. um you get currency as you play the game. I can't remember if they're like bits or chips or something like that. Just stuff you pick up. Yeah. Um, and you can use that to spend on new combos, new special moves, um, pieces of like a health tank or special gauge or whatever. Um, but the problem is, is you don't really get much of it at all. Um, so I've kind of found like you kind of need to pick a path to go down. So you almost have a build. Um, so I, I've really sort of spent most of my money on, on these picks that you buy, which are used as, uh, buffs. Um, and there are so many different picks that you can even kind of create your own builds with just those picks. So I've just been focusing on getting the ones that enhance my partner attack ability. So every time I call in one of my partners, um, their attacks are much more powerful or the cooldown is much shorter. So, um, for a game that kind of looks just like cutesy and fun and stuff, it's I'm 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 liking the surprising level of depth in um, in the way that you you kind of play. Um, it's just funny too. I've been reading more of the little kind of stuff, the lore bits you find around the world, and uh, I, they're all they all make me laugh. It's kind of like a PG thirteen version of like Borderlands kind of yeah. comedy and humor. So it's. Um, yeah, it's highly recommend if you haven't checked it out yet. Uh, there's a lot of heavy hitters coming out this year, so when we get to December, I don't know if it's still going to be my favorite game, but just such a nice surprise. So yeah. Um, and last thing, uh, I started playing. I don't know if you guys have heard of this game, uh, Persona Five Royal. Dude, game pass. yeah, yeah. I I am still in the very early hours. Um, still kind of wrapping my head around it. Um, but man, this game bleeds style, doesn't it? Yeah, just dude, like that's what I was trying to tell you. Every single moment of screen, whether you're listening to it, you're looking at it, you're transitioning between it, style. Yeah, big time. And the music is so fucking it's good. So, I, 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 so I, good. I knew Persona before was always known for its music, so that wasn't a surprise for me. But like that opening sequence in Royal, where like the music is just like banging, yes, it was so good. Yes. Um. So yeah, I again very early hours. Um, I know it's going to be one of those games where I'm going to spend a lot of time reading and talking and interacting with people, but that that's what it's about. Yeah. Um, so I'm finding things fairly interesting so I feel far. Like so with high school students, yeah, and the, yeah, it's 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 got that <laughs> Japanese angle on on stuff, and and yeah, there's there's some homophobic stuff in there already, which I was like, okay, that that wouldn't fly in a Western game, but yeah. Yeah. In any case, um, yeah, so I'm looking forward to talking more about it next week when hopefully I have more time in it. But uh, yeah, I'm glad I had this on my New Year's resolution list um, because it's it's 
I'm 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 at least doing this. I'm bopping my head while I'm while I'm playing the yeah, game. Yeah, nice, dude. Yeah. Super excited for your next 120 hours, dude. <laughs> you mean this game isn't over in 12 hours? Ah, uh, uh, yeah, dude. Just keep playing it. You'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> just. <kidding. laughs> All right, Dave. Uh, Brandon. What the fuck's my name? Bando. All right. No, uh, I said, all right, Dave. Like, as in, oh, okay, I Dave, get you. I got for, you. You know. just looked at me and I was like, oh, I, I thought Dave was still talking. Uh, so I played a couple things. I started Dead Space last week. Hell yeah. Um, I don't Uh-oh. know if I like it. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if I like it. Um, I'm going to keep playing it. Yeah. I like a lot of games like this. It's just something about it. Did you play the original, Brandon? No, no, I didn't. I think that's part of the problem. Um, something isn't doing it for me. Mm. And I think also it had to do with Hogwarts being out. Yeah. Um, that kind of like... You're just wanting to play it yeah, instead? Yeah. Yeah. So part of the way through, I, I died a couple times on this one fucking boss, and I just said, I'm fucking done. And then later that evening, I bought Hogwarts, and I haven't played it since. Oh, shit! So um, that's really what I'm going to talk about. I still do want to go back to Dead Space. I Ben, I'll talk to you about this off the show. I don't want to be criticized for my viewpoint on it, so I'm not even going to say it right now, um, just because. Uh, <laughs> Wait, yeah. you're on a show where you talk about your opinion <laughs> on things, but you don't want to say your opinion because you're afraid of, of the public criticism. I know, dude. I'm All right, sh- just making sure I was clear. I'm a shill um, in many ways, uh, but more importantly, moreover, uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Uh, I was not interested in this game at all, yeah. really. I'm going to be honest. If you go back and listen to any of the old episodes, barely on my radar. Yeah. Um, I think that not really being a fan of the Harry Potter slash Hogwarts universe kind of, once again, kind of like dampened that for me. Well, and- so just but the week before it released, we were in voice call playing Deep Rock Galactic or something and Lockmore hopped in with us. And he, he he's very was very excited and he asked you what house you were going to be. And you're like, I ain't playing that shit. <laughs> I just, I just like fuck with Locke. Yeah. Um, no, just uh, and to be honest with you, I honestly thought it was going to come out and be a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. Just because of the the troubled development. I right. mean, it's been so fucking long. I thought usually the writing is on the wall with this sort of thing. Right. I'm glad it's not. But, um, yeah, dude, this game's fucking awesome. Yeah. It's so cool, and it has nothing to do with the universe for me right it's just a good game yeah and i think that's why i like it is because nothing about it specifically it could be any other sort of lore in this template and i would be enjoying it just as much and i think that's like the takeaway for me is that sometimes the source material grabs me sometimes the gameplay grabs me and in this case i seem to be a gameplay guy honestly most of the time um and everything's super satisfying it's really enjoyable it's deep um it's interesting uh and that isn't because of the source material for me it just is right like the writing is good i don't know so it's been a lot of fun um every single time i play it the time just absolutely fucking flies by Mm -hmm. me um and i feel like i'm just scratching the surface um so really really excited to keep playing that um yeah, I guess I'll report back more. I haven't played too, too much, and it seems to be a pretty large game, which is actually really cool. Um, but, Ben, what did you think? I know you've been playing it. I have played nothing else <laughs> since the last time we talked. I figured. I have not even, like, played something on my phone while I was sitting around because any moment I've had that I could be playing this game, I've been playing it. Right. And I think 
the game came out. Well, I so I was one of the ones who got it early because I'm a sucker. Uh, Dude, now you're the shill. I am the shill. I mean, this is the first game I've ever paid for early access on, I think. And because I've been uh, a Harry Potter fan since literally 1998, I think, or 97. Anyway, so I got the game last Monday night at midnight, so Tuesday morning. And since then, I think I've put in almost 40 hours into it. Damn, you put in a work week. In eight days, you know? Yeah, I put in a whole work week in in that game. God damn. And that's very unusual for me. It's the kind of game I've been saying this, that every time I'm not playing it, I'm just thinking about playing it. As a matter of fact, like I would prefer to be playing it than talking to you guys right now. That's fine. That's perfectly okay. Usually that's not the case, but right now, sorry. I get it. That's a good feeling to have. Yeah. Uh, So I will agree. I love every part about the world. And I don't know, you know, how, I don't think this is any kind of a spoiler. The main thing is there's four trials in the game that you have to go through. And you, you discover that pretty early on. And I, before moving on to the next one, I am doing everything possible that has opened up for me, except for like, you know, some of the like collectibles and stuff like that. I'm just going around doing all the side quests, everything, because I just, I know that if I do the next story part, the game will be over sooner. And I don't want that. <laughs> and so I'm, you know, I don't know how long the rest, those other two trials are or whatever, and are, but I... Am like nearly positive that I don't want to finish the game. I just want to keep playing it. Right, and it's definitely a game I'm going to go for the platinum on. It seems to be a fairly up- obtainable platinum. I I haven't looked at all the trophies or anything, but I know that there is one that will take a little longer to get. But just every time I'm in the world, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying exploring. I like talking to every NPC. Every time I have an option for optional dialogue, like not just clicking the thing that progresses the next thing that they're going to say but just asking them like questions i'm doing that uh i am really experimenting with all the different outfits and just like there's a transmog system that is awesome i wish every game had it it should and just being able to like change my outfit basically every time i go into a menu the craziest thing was i was 25 hours into the game and again that's my gameplay i don't that's not necessarily it would take you 25 hours to get there and a whole new system in the game just opened up and i was like what like this you don't get that in most games where you're that far into a game and a whole new mechanic. And that isn't the only time that's happened either. Uh, just totally opened up. So yeah, I'm really enjoying it. The story I'm like, yeah, it's, it's fun. It's good, but I don't care about it necessarily. Uh, that That's kind of the interesting part is that I'm like, well, this is, this is a good serviceable story, but that's not why I'm playing this game. Um, just, I mean, I can't rave about the game enough. It is, I was excited for it, uh, especially recently, and it is more enjoyable than I was even expecting it to be. And part of me says that maybe not right away, but I'll go back and I might go back and play another round of it. It's a different house. Could you uh, rave and while. claw about it? I will not <laughs> rave and claw about it. Hey. No, I will not. Get your Slytherin house. I'm, I'm Slytherin, bitch. I know. <laughs> so, no, it's, um, yeah, it's so much fun, and I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the world so much. And it's so hard to talk about. Like, there's all these little moments in it. You know, you pick up a quest and you that you weren't expecting to, and you go and like three more things open up, and they're all just interesting and kind of like fascinating. I don't know. Sometimes you'll just be walking around and you'll hear the people, like the NPCs, talking, and they're talking about something like you've just recently done, and that happens over and over and over. And I'm like, wow, like this game has 
a lot of depth that's very on the surface that you see right away. You're like, oh, wow, that's, you know, that's interesting. And then you go and do something like that. And I know that's not a newer, like, this isn't the first game that's ever done that. But just the way that it does it, and you're like, they they not only built in, like, so much depth that's surface level. Yeah. Which, I guess that's a contradiction. But they, they build in so many things that you can see right off the bat that then when they added in things that I wasn't expecting, it just makes it even better. So... Very much enjoying it. I really can't wait for Dave to get to it to hear what he thinks because uh, I know you were looking forward to it too, Dave. So excited for you to check it out for sure. And um, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to finish it. I'm like finding things to do in the game to distract myself from progressing because I just want to make it. I want to make it last <laughs> as long as possible. Right. So yeah, I'm having fun. I think that's it. That's it. That's it. This is the fabled short show, guys. 55 minutes. We've been talking about it for years. We've been talking about the fabled short show for years. Sub hour. Dave, I hope you have a delightful Valentine's Day. I almost said Thanksgiving. You guys celebrate Thanksgiving at a weird time anyway. So hope you I a- hope you have a delightful Valentine's Eve with Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah. And, uh, and Brandon, I hope you have a delightful Valentine's Day evening with um, with your, your new bride-to-be. Congratulations wow. again, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Does she play in Hogwarts? No. Does she want to? Not really. I'm surprised. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe she wasn't the one. Oh, dude, don't say that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Remember, check out the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Handsome Phantom. Discord. Uh, HandsomePhantom.com slash Discord. We appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for listening. And uh, for some reason, giving a shit about what we talk about. We'll catch you next time. Bye. The HP Podcast is brought to you by our patrons over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom thanks to our producers grabalicious christian snow rainick chris bylock Derek o nuke dukem brian parrot htrons maurice bays passive pixels edwin castillo boots poot jared josh cummings edward walton charles peterson toby ryland Wormhat. hat